0: This is the last Sunday of the liturgical year. Advent begins next, next Sunday already. We celebrate this solemnity, the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, King of the universe. Um, and again, we, we both acknowledge that in the present, Christ is King. He's been made King by His death, resurrection. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in the place of authority. So He is truly the King. We anticipate His return at the end of time the second coming the final judgment when his kingdom will be totally and uh, completely established on earth and then we live in this tension each of us personally of this question of yes Jesus Christ is king of the universe here and now but is he is he indeed like in in indeed in reality in flesh and in experience is he the king of my life so that's, that's the question. Is he king? 100% for sure. Is he king of my life? Uh, sometimes. And I think each of us, there's a personal wrestling with this. Amen? Because we want to say, I think we're here, we want to say like, yeah, oh, of course. But really, like in your actual life, in your day-to-day stuff, in the way you think, in the way you act and you behave, do you act as if you are subject to a king who rules and guides your life? I am a priest, and I don't. Sometimes I do. Uh, But sometimes I don't. Sometimes I celebrate, a lot of times I celebrate the feast day of Father Scott, king of his tiny, sad kingdom, right? (laughs) Scared little king of his little kingdom, was trying to figure it all out on his own. Long live the king. No, no, no. So, uh, there is this call, this consistent call, as we celebrate this feast day, I believe to allow Jesus to become more and more in more and more ways, the actual king of our actual lives. Not of our spiritual life as something just kind of cordoned off, that's what I do on Sunday and when I pray, no, of, of our actual human and fleshed lives. Now, there may be ways in which he is more the king than we realize. In a lot of hu- hidden and beautiful ways, we're seeking the goodness, we're seeking goodness and the truth, uh, we're trying to love, and, and in doing so, we are, we're allowing him, him to be king. But it also raises this question of, okay, I know he's supposed to be king, but do, do I actually want that? Do I want somebody else in charge of my life, like running my life? Do I want to live in a life of obedience to someone else? Because again, in, in, in each of us, and in our story as a nation, and in our culture, that's not a popular idea, right? That you would, in some way, surrender your will, your decision-making, into the hands of another who would then have authority over you. Like, does that sound attractive to you? Some of you, yes. You're like, my life's a mess. I don't know what to do. Like, somebody just come tell me what to do. I don't know how I ended up being an adult already. (laughs) People are asking me questions. Yeah, that'd be nice. But in us, I think in most of us, there's a fear there. Like, do you want a king? And the answer of our hearts, if we're honest, I think is, what? What sort of king? Because there are certain types of king that I would not want. In fact, it would have to be a very specific, very particular sort of king that I would actually want over my life. In fact, that king would have to be, first would have to like really know me, like totally know me, like be totally familiar with who I am and really understand me. Uh, That king would have to like want to be in my life, a part of my life, Like, if he was just sending instructions from far away and doling out rewards and punishment from far away, like, I I don't want that. He would need to understand me. He'd need to be close. Frankly, he would need to love me, like, to want what's best for me, to love me. Uh, He would need to be kind. He would need to be forgiving. He would need to be merciful but he would also have to be strong like with the strength to protect me like to shelter me he would have to be wise to have like a plan a desire for my life, for my goodness it's like sure if if there was a king like that then okay yeah then I want a king hey everybody, good news yeah he, he knows you and he loves you. He understands you. He is compassionate and kind and loving. He is tender. He's affectionate. He's also strong. He's protective. He has deep desires. He wants you. He chooses you. He loves you. And he wants good things for you. On this feast day of, of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, our first reading is from the prophet Ezekiel. And it's God's, it's him venting his frustration with the current kings of Israel at the time. We're not good kings because they're selfish. See, the Christian idea of a king is someone who is always, always uh, crowned in order to serve. The image of what a Christian king is supposed to be, and, and before that, the king of the people, uh, the Jewish people, is that their king would be a shepherd. So God is frustrated with his, his kings, his shepherds, and so he commits that one day he will come and he will do it himself. So he says, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd finds his flock, finds them scattered, so I will tend my sheep. So listen, this is God's heart towards you. This is the way in which he wants to shepherd you. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it was cloudy and dark. Like the place of fear, of confusion of our hearts, Jesus wants to draw close and rescue us. I will pasture my sheep. I will provide food. I will give them rest Jesus Christ King of the universe deeply desires to give you rest to give your heart rest that you would rest in his security in his love the lost I will seek out and the strayed I will bring back the injured I will bind up and the sick I will heal Jesus wants to draw in, to bind up, to heal you. The king of the universe wants to heal you. There's also this strange last line of it that kind of unsettles us, and and I think it means something that we don't know that it means. It says, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. feels kind of jarring. I think there's something about those who use their power over others, those who, who vaunt their, their pride over others, like they will be humbled. Like they'll be brought into the fold. They'll, they'll be taught how, how to be sheep. To be a servant of the king, to be a sheep of the shepherd, is what we're meant to be, and it will bring rest and goodness to our hearts. Response to psalm, Psalm 23. Uh, we hear it, where do you hear this psalm most of all? Anybody know? Raise your hands. Funerals, right? I don't know what percentage, what percentage, 85, 95, most funerals, I looked at the music people, that's what that was, most funerals have this psalm, it's a beautiful psalm, it's really good, but it, it leads to a misconception, that's that this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd there is nothing I shall want, in some way refers to what it will be like when you're dead, no, this psalm is written for now, this is what it's like now, here and now, if we allow Christ to be the king, if we allow Jesus, the good shepherd, to shepherd us, this is what he has in store for us. The Lord is my shepherd. If he's my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. I will never lack anything I need ever. I'll have everything. I won't have everything I want, perhaps. But what he wants for me is even better. I won't lack anything. In green pastures, he will give me rest. It's just such a beautiful image. God, the God of the universe wants to give you rest in a place of lush, of verdure, of, of fruitfulness. Besides restful waters, he leads me, he refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths. He wants goodness for you. He wants to like, to keep you on the path for your own flourishing. He spreads out a table before me to feed me. in the sight of my foes, like I'll have enemies, I'll have strife in my life, but God's not going to be concerned. He's not worried about that. No, even there, he'll spread out a table to provide for everything you need. He anoints my head with oil. Something very intimate about being anointed. Like that's touch, somebody's coming close for God to anoint you. When you were baptized, you, you got anointed by a priest. And that priest was a sacrament of, of God the Father anointing you as his own. He anoints my head with oil and my cup, this cup of blessing, this cup of joy, this cup of refreshment, it overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. It's like the church and God are trying to woo us. Like, hey, Christ is he's a good king. You want him to be your king. He's not a king that, that controls and demands, who subjects. No, he's a king that serves. It's a, it's a king that doesn't hold himself higher than you, but comes to this low place to support you, to encourage you, to, to minister to you. Okay. And we get to our gospel. The gospel is about this fact that you will be judged one day. Do you want to be judged? No. It's kind of scary. But if you were going to be judged, who would you want to be judged by? But again, somebody who really knows you and understands you. Judgment for God isn't so much him standing at a distance and not understanding you and saying they're good or they're bad, because that's what we're afraid of. No, God's judgment is more the revelation, the unveiling of, of who you truly are. Because God judges rightly. You're never misunderstood in God's judgment. When God judges us, we actually feel understood. But there will come a day, a moment, when we are all judged. For most of us, seemingly, based on past history, it will be when we die. For the rest, it will be when he comes again in glory at the end of time. And there will be this judgment, this separating of the sheep and the goats. And again, as we hear this psalm, or as we hear this parable, I think there's part of us that's like, ah. Uh, like, I need to know what to do right to pass the test so that I, I end up on the right side of things at the end. Um, but it's not as if there's going to be a pop quiz and we didn't know what was going on and we got tricked or duped. No, what's going on here is, is again, Jesus is revealing the content of our hearts and frankly, what he's revealing is whether, whether we were members of the kingdom the whole time. So when the king comes in glory, he's going to reveal whether or not we are truly members of his family or not. And how does he do that? What's the revelation? It's whether, we not, whether or not we had hearts of love and compassion for those in need. So there's an interesting and really important dynamic here. The more that we allow God to attend to our need to minister to us and care for us, the more we allow him to be our king, our shepherd, the more we have hearts of love and compassion for others who are in need. Because what happens is when we actually let God love us, he always loves us by coming close. He always loves us by filling us with his presence. When God loves you, he comes to unite himself to you. So that when we allow that to happen, his love, his life, uh, takes seat in us like it, it, it bears life in us and then it flows out to others so at the end of time the judgment is whether or not God is alive in me or not and one way we can tell is am I growing in love and compassion for those who are in need if your faith is your, if your religion is not leading you to grow in love and compassion for others it's not from God if you're becoming more judgmental because of your faith then your faith is demonic It's not from God. It can go to hell. No, the faith, the truth, the life of God leads us to greater love. God, as our king, leads us to serve in the way that he serves. So Jesus, again, is telling about this parable. The day will come, the sheep and the goats will be separated, the righteous will be on his right, and he will say, come. Just come into the kingdom. You are blessed. Inherit the kingdom that's been prepared for you forever. Like this is for you. It's personal. God, God desired you to come in. Come. Come in. Because why? Because I was really hungry and you gave me food. I remember that. And I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. Ill and you cared for me. In prison and you visited me. And the people don't say, oh yeah, 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 I remember that. No, what do they say? They're like, Lord, w- when, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink. Like, wah, I don't think that like, that didn't happen. I would have remembered feeding Jesus. I would have remembered giving Jesus a drink. And Jesus reveals this beautiful truth that's really important for you and I to know. That he is present, totally present, in the experience of anyone who suffers. When you are sad, Jesus is sad in you. And when somebody comforts you, they comfort Jesus. When you are hurting, Jesus is hurting in you. And anyone that encourages you from that place also encourages Jesus. He receives that as personal to him. Which also means, of course, that any time that you care for anyone in need, you are directly and personally caring for and loving Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. He receives that as done to himself. The flow of love is this. Jesus has come to the lowest place where we suffer and hurt, where we're hungry and thirsty and naked. And he has joined himself to us in that place. And God the Father is looking for his son to pour out all of his love and care on his son who's hurting. And he wants that love and that care to flow through you and me. He wants his life to flow through us. So again, the question at the end of time will be, Uh, Not did you pass the test or were you good enough. It's like, will will the life of God be in you? Will he recognize himself in you? Will you have been a member of this kingdom of love and compassion the whole time? Again, and it will be with great understanding. God's not trying to trick you. He's not mean. He's not cruel. So, what do we need? I do think that That to really love another person, we have to be loved first. Which means that we have to let God love us and take care of us. We have to surrender to his care and his compassion in our lives. We have to bring to him the stuff that hurts. We have to invite him in. We have to offer ourselves to him. We have to look to him as a king, as a shepherd. But again, the more we receive that from him, the more that that will flow. And you'll see somebody in your life in need... And you won't just be like, well, I have to do the right thing so that I I don't go to hell at the end of... No, you'll just be like, oh, I just want to take care of this. Like, your heart will be moved because the life of God will be in you. Anytime your heart is moved with compassion for another, that is the presence of God in you. Jesus doesn't want to condemn anyone. He came into this world, he tells us, not to condemn it, but to save it. He doesn't want to condemn you. And he's going to do everything humanly and divinely possible to save you. But we do have to let him. We have to let him save us and love us and draw close to us. That his life might be in us and flow out. I would like you to invite Jesus to reveal something to you. He might do this, he might not. Okay, he does what he wants. That he would either reveal some time in which you were really hurting. You were hungry, naked, lonely, suffering, addicted, whatever whatever the thing is. That you were really hurting and he he is present to you. And maybe that's present. Maybe that's right now. Some way in which you are one of his least ones. You're hurting, you're suffering. That he's present in and with you in that. Because we need to know that. You can ask him to reveal that. If you want to, you can also ask him, like Jesus... Reveal to me any time when, in which I have ministered to you without knowing it. That I have, I have comforted you without knowing it. That I have fed you when you were hungry. I have visited you when you were in prison. That I welcomed you as a stranger. So let's ask Jesus to reveal his presence in us, in the places that we suffer. And also to reveal any ways in which we have ministered to him without our knowing it. And let's just allow him to draw us into the truth and the presence of his kingdom among us. Jesus Christ, our King, loves us infinitely with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength.